From ABC7, this is Game Time with Coach McVay. The Rams are back at SoFi Stadium to face the undefeated Eagles. Hi everyone, this is Kirk Sandoval with ABC7 Los Angeles. We're giving you more of Game Time with Coach McVay with this podcast. You'll also want to check out the video version of my one-on-one interview with Rams head coach John McVay Saturday nights at 11.45 Pacific time on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel. Welcome to Game Time with Coach Sean McVay. Fifth week already. That's crazy. Congratulations on going 1-0 last week. Yep. Uh, you kind of joked when you came to the press conference after that one, uh, just like we planned it. Yeah. But what did you learn about your team ha- having a 20-point lead at halftime and needing overtime to win? You know, there was a lot of things that you learned in that game, Kurt. I think the first thing is, is I was really pleased with the way that we came out from the jump. Obviously, it was a disappointing way that the game against the Bengals the previous week had gone. And so we had really challenged these guys to turn over in a short short week. We came out, we were really firing on all cylinders. And, you know, you end up getting to a 23-0 lead. Obviously, we missed the field goal at the end of the half to go up 23-0 at the half. We were up 20-0, ended up still getting a 23-0. And then really it was just kind of a, you know, you give credit to the Colts. There was a lot of things that they did to be able to execute and prevented our ability to execute. But there were some things that I felt like we didn't do at a high level. Um, And they ended up just getting back into that game. But I thought the most important thing was we kept our poise. Um, When you end up relinquishing a 23 to nothing lead, they come back and they tie it. I think a lot of teams would have folded right there. And especially with a lot of the guys that are getting experience for the first time, um, to be able to learn so much in one game and then you end up going into overtime. And that was a big time stop by our defense at the end of regulation. And to be able to win the coin flip and then the offense to go down the field, they did a great job. But man, it was uh, like five games into one, but (laughs) certainly a lot of learning. And and I know this, there's no style points. And so whether we ended up winning by a bunch of points or whether you have to win it, you know, on a walk off for Matthew Hitch and Puka, uh, you got to be able to move forward. You take what you learned, uh, you apply it, and what a great challenge and great op we got this week. It's interesting that you said it's like five games because overtime itself almost felt like two games to me. A, you get the momentum back immediately. You pass first play. But I want to show you the touchdown, and you're in field goal range, and, and you told me afterwards you're going to win. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. I, I felt like just the the momentum and the flow of the game, and really this was a good drive we had offensively. Great job by the pickup, and then you could see, you know, great delivery by Matthew, great finish by Puka. I can't believe he threw that one into the end zone, but they ended up bringing five guys right here. Good job by Kyron picking up around the edge. And then, you know, if you look at the bunch release, I don't know if you can even see it from the wide copy, but if you see the release pattern, you know, they're in a fire zone principle. They ended up just messing up the way that you play it on the initial deal where they both doubled Bryce and Hopkins down here. Tutu ends up flushing out this backer that pops out and that's what enabled you know Puka to really basically be uncovered on that in-breaking route but there was just a little miscommunication on their end. Our guys did a good job of being able to handle it and to not have to rely on a field goal and then the defense to get a stop was uh, certainly the, the way that we wanted to be able to end that and it was awesome to see the excitement and how happy guys were for him and, and for our players. I've said this to you so many times. Matthew Stafford's brain fires so fast. And even afterwards, he's he's like, am I missing something? Is yeah. There should be someone, but there wasn't. Puka, conversely, his jerseys are sold out. He's, he's awesome. really embracing this. What's he like off the field? off the field incredibly humble he has a great disposition and demeanor you could see he comes from a great family but he's just he's such a mentally and physically tough player 
He's obviously very gifted, but he's a more impressive human being than even all the great things you're seeing him do on the field. And he's got great just attention to detail. He's just so present. When you're talking to him, he's right there. He's just so respectful. I mean, um, it's amazing how well he handles himself, but I haven't seen anything change. You know, whether this was before Seattle or after a really good first month of the season that he's done an outstanding job of of being a big-time production player for us, he's the same. And that's the coolest thing that I can say. And I think that's a great testament to his background, his humility. Um, and we want to just be able to keep doing a good job of, of trying to help him grow. But he's he's been outstanding. So you may have started a new hashtag, Champagne Problems, yeah. here in Southern California. Cooper Cup uh, working into practice. Can you? We, we don't expect you to tell us a play, but explain to our viewers, when you now have two guys that can help you, how much of it is... One guy's designed for the key, or, or and the second guy is not. I, I say that because I remember in the Tampa playoff game yeah. where uh, Cooper cups us and, and he catches that long pass. He goes, "That was for the love of the game route." Sure. I, you know, how do you balance that with with multiple guys? I think you now? just said it. You balance it, and I, I think you figure out what's the intent of the play. Um, I think we are at our best when you get multiple guys involved, and when you've got a guy that's been producing like Puka. Obviously, there's going to be attention paid to him. No different than when Cooper's been playing. Yeah. Um, and you look at it, you, you reference the Super Bowl year, but you know, I thought Odell and both, you know, they did. he did a great job of being able to take some attention off of Cooper, and then he was able to make his plays in the NFC Championship. You could see he was going to come to life in the Super Bowl. And so, you, you know, our offense is at its best when the ball gets spread around. And that's been reflected even going back to 17, uh, going back to 18. I I look at 2018, before Cooper ended up hurting his knee, you had three guys that were on track to have over 1,000, over 10 touchdowns, really all over 1,200 when you look at Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. Um, and, and this is the type of stuff where we want to see multiple guys that can produce. Tutu's had a really good season, yeah. done a nice job as well. Higby's gotten involved in the past game. We've got backs that can do that same thing. And so the, um, the more the merrier, that's a good thing. And it really just kind of depends on situations, flow of the game, and kind of what's the intent beyond the play call. And then ultimately, what is the defense uh, you know, call on their end and how that dictates and determines where Matthew goes with the football. So at the beginning of the week, you told us, yeah, and you even told us last week, yeah, Cooper's going to go into practice. We'll take it a day at a time. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. As we tape here on Friday, A, how's it going? And if you activate him, will you wait till game time? Would you do that today or tomorrow? Yeah. I don't know what the semantics will be, but he'll he'll be ready to go. Okay. Um, he's he's unless um, something happens with the setback today at sure. practice. He's had a great week. Um, I don't think it's any secret he's been a full participant at practice this week, and so our expectation and anticipation is he's going to be uh, be out there and and uh, being a big time contributor for us on Sunday. That'll be great at home. Matthew Stafford uh, <laughs> turned in a, a, like a John Wayne performance. Yeah. Just what did that mean to his team and? I say that because after the game, Rob Havenstein was like, this guy just tells me if I can move, get me up. And But what does that do for the rest of the team when you see the dudes limping and he's still threading the needle? Oh, well, he, he's just one of those guys that elevates everybody around him. And I think Higby said it best, you know, where he said, you know, sometimes you have, you know, quarterbacks that play football and football players that play quarterback. This mm. guy's a football player with the mm. toughness that he exudes. And oh, by the way, he's an outstanding quarterback with just the nuances, the skills, the abilities, the above the neck, the things that he can do and his communication. It, all of that is he's checking those boxes. But 
I think that performance by him, you know, was was paramount, you know, because it rubs off on the team. Joe Noteboom was more willing to push through an injury that's probably going to leave him out this week because of a groin that he had um, where he's saying, if this is what the quarterback's doing, man, I better be out there and doing everything I can in my power to protect him. And you can't say enough about what he's done for our team. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's amazing you said that about Noteboom because that two other offensive linemen say the same thing. Yeah. Speaking of Stafford, um, you said it at the beginning. That game was like five games. We want to show you a play. First quarter, second drive, yeah. fourth down. And you guys go for it. This was a big deal because on the previous play, it was third down and 10. Just pause it real quick. It, it, it was a third down and 10. And, you know, they we ended up actually running the same play that we ran on the touchdown to Puka to end the game. But Matthew did a great job where we said, hey, we're in four down territory. If we get this thing to basically three or less, which this ended up being fourth down and three, be ready to go for it. So he takes Higby on a seven yard underneath on a little pivot route. He catches it. Good discipline decision that then gives us the ability to go for it on fourth and three. Got a two by two with a little motion. He's working across the board. And what a great throw and catch by Van and Matthew. I mean, you can see it's good tight coverage. But he fit this in the window. Great protection as well for us to be able to exhaust the progression. And you can really see he's hitching in place. And then there's that's the that's only place that ball could be. Amazing. It's a great catch. I mean, it, I mean, if you just said, hey, let me hand this thing off about 13 yards down the field. And to navigate Franklin, who's got a really good feel as an underneath hook defender here, that is that's big time stuff. That's uh that's vintage Matthew, though. And I mean, damn, that's a good play by those guys. And uh that was that was big time because this ended up leading to a touchdown right. that enabled us to go up 14 nothing. And that's the thing, that when I saw the highlight, and I think on the network when I was up in the press box and I saw that angle, I'm like, we're, we're asking you about that play. Yeah. Because it was a momentum thing. It was threading the needle. And he's looking right as he's as he's ready to take the snap, but then he's back and he's looking left and he goes in the middle. Yeah. That, he did a great job. And and I think the big thing too is, is that protection. I mean, you look at the way the big fellas were straining up front, the way that they were fighting with some of the movement, even though it was only a four man rush. I, those guys have really been straining. They've been really working hard to allow Matthew to be able to get through different progressions and allow some of those skilled players like Van right there to come to life. I think everybody in the, in the organization thrilled that Tyler Higby was extended. Yeah. And he certainly played played well but boy he took some shots he was walking off what are you seeing from Higby I see a tough player that, that that's how he's played consistently throughout the course of his career Kurt I see a guy that does so many different things for us in terms of production in the past game protect production as a protector production as a run blocker and then just his leadership you know it's really cool to see him with that C on his yeah. chest this year voted on by his teammates um Everything that he's gotten, he's earned, and uh, I love Tyler Higby. You've always, when you were talking earlier about your offense and the balance, and here Kyron already has six touchdowns, had two in that game early. He also sat out practice on Wednesday. Um, kind of tell me what his uh, feeling is going into this Eagles game. He's feeling good. You know, we were just being smart. He took part in the walkthrough on Wednesday, and then he was a full participant in practice yesterday. So um, he hasn't had any setbacks. But I thought Ronnie did a really nice job coming in and yeah. supplementing Kyron last week. And so both of those guys have nice complementary skill sets, and we'll expect those guys to continue to grow, and Ron Gould does a great job with them. Can you expand on that real quick? Ronnie Rivers, what do you like about his skill set that's different from Kyron? I think they're very similar type of players. 
players. I think they're both tough. I think they have great vision. They've got great contact balance, low center of gravity. They're both skilled players, you know, at, at the running back position that can contribute in the pass game. Um, they got a good feel for protection where they'll stick their face on people and be able to have, you know, good leverage because they're, you know, they might be shorter, but they're physical in stature. Um, and so I see a lot of the similarities that make them, you know, where, hey, if one's in and the other, you know, you don't feel like you necessarily have to ask for somebody else. You have a lot of trust in both of those guys. But, you know, there's some nuances to their games that are different, but I think they're both good, instinctual, tough players that bring a lot of versatility to the table from the running back position. We'll be right back. Now more of Game Time with Coach McVay. Going into this tough Eagles game against a very good offense, uh, Jordan Fuller had the strip uh, in the Indy game. That was big. Huge, right? It, turnovers, you've always said that. Yeah. That's the, the big thing. He was a player at one point, wore the green dot, has battled through injuries. What do you see with how has his role changed? Has it changed? It really hasn't. I mean, in terms of when he's available, he's been a leader. Uh, he's another guy that was voted a captain by his teammates. Great communicator. We require so much communication from the safety position to the second, you know, and, you know, to the exterior parts of the defense. Got great command and understanding of the intent. I think he's playing tough playing physical he's playing really smart that was a huge play to be able to get that strip on Richardson because they had a good positive run going right there I think he's done a great job of really leading that DB room where we've got a lot of young guys in that room even though you have an experienced player in Akella Witherspoon but you look at what a good job Rush East has done you look at the way that Quentin Lake is playing you look at the way that DK and Kobe Durant are playing at the corner positions and at the nickel and um, I think Jordan Fuller deserves a ton of credit obviously Aubrey and Coach Beak they've done a great job but Jordan's leadership, I think when these player-led teams end up starting to really just show up on the tape, that's when you got a chance to really reach your peak, and Jordan is certainly one of those guys that's carrying the load. What Richardson was doing in the second half, I was like, ooh, boy, this this guy's going to be good down Yeah, he's the road. tough. Um, there was one play where Aaron Donald literally dove to, to tackle him. Do you see uh, is that gonna is that a similarity between him and Jalen Hurts or are they two? Different yeah, I mean guys? they're both great players that can create off schedule. Obviously, there is some similarities in terms of the foundational philosophies they have schematically. You know, Nick Sirianni, uh, you know, Shane Steichen was there um, mm -hmm. as the OC in mm -hmm. Philly. I think Jalen and Anthony are both great players that can play the quarterback position, but they can also make you pay with their legs. And so, you know, there's a couple little differences, but you know, they're both great players that. You know, when you look at Jalen, I mean, he's playing at a really high level. He's taking good care of the football. He's getting his playmakers involved and sure does have some great guys that can make plays for him. I've seen him do a good job of exhausting progression, staying in the pocket, and you know he can make you pay with his athleticism, whether it's escaping and keeping his eyes down the field or escaping and being able to tuck the ball away as a runner. And, and then when they do pick and choose their spots to have him with some design runs, it's a problem, and they're playing with plus numbers in the, uh, you know, just the overall math yeah. game. You, you mentioned Steichen. They, they look lost both their offense and defensive coordinators yeah. to head coaching jobs. When you study them, are they very much still just implementing those systems? Are they 
much different this year. Offensively, it's very similar. You know, I think Brian Johnson's done a great job for them. Um, but you can see, you know, because Nick is an offensive head coach, um, he's still got a huge influence on what they're doing. So very similar offensively. Like anything else, you tweak and adjust a little bit here and there, but you still see the same things. And Jonathan Gannon going to Arizona, Sean Desai comes in as the defensive coordinator. There's some similarities, but there's also some differences in regards to what Sean's background, what did he do when he's been a coordinator, a pass game coordinator at previous stops, and you see more of his imprint on what they're doing defensively. But there's some concept carryover from Jonathan Gannon to Sean Desai. Uh, but what is, you know, even, even with some of the differences, here's what is the same. They got great players on all three levels. These guys play hard. They play tough. They do an excellent job attacking the quarterback, and it's going to be a great challenge for us. If, if the Eagles get to fourth and two, fourth and one, we might see the uh, brotherly shove play. Yes. It, describe what that's like. You, you told us you guys tried to emulate that in the Seattle game. Yeah, we tried to run something similar. You know, it's really, in essence, a quarterback sneak, but they don't hide the intent where they get guys up in those A-gaps and they close both that both edges off. But um, it's they, they've just done an excellent job. I mean, it's like the if you were to play a version of tug-of-war, that's the closest thing, but you're just, you know, <laughs> leaning on each other. It's like a rugby scrum. But they do a great job coaching it. I, I think that's one of the things that people don't appreciate is the intricate details and then the execution like we talked about earlier in the week on on Wednesday um, that they just do at a higher higher level different than other people and I think that's such a good reflection of players making it come to life and then the details and the ownership of the intent um, you know being able to win you know the low position being able to get that surge and then Jalen having a great feel for where those creases and soft spots are even when the opposing team knows this is what we're doing we're basically telling you with the pre-snap formation and try to stop us. Yeah. Um, this will be the – it seems like you've spent the whole year on the road. You've only had one home game. Yeah. Two and two with three road games is, is a good start. Yes? Yeah, you know what? I think uh, I would say yes. I'm pleased with what we did last week. I'm pleased with coming out. I, I thought there were some things, you know, when you look back, and I don't want to live in the past, sure. but the Cincinnati game – there were some things that got away from us that I thought were within our control. And again, you hate to do that and take away any sort of credit, but yeah, there's it. things that I thought, you know, myself and, and us overall, and we'll use it as fuel to learn the right way. So this Eagles is the first of three home games. You've always been, no, it's it's one week at a time, yep. one week at a time. What is your greatest challenge with, hey, you, you said at beginning, short week you come back. What's the challenge of, reset after two east coast road trips i think you just said it it's reset and reload and let's be totally and completely present um let's try to be better than we were last week let's try to be better than we were that previous week let's try to be better today than we were than the previous day and we always want to have that growth mindset and i would love to see us play our best ball through four quarters i think we've seen glimpses of good ball for a couple quarters at a time or for a couple series at a time but what does it look like for us to consistently play complimentary football throughout the course of a game against an excellent opponent where you go cut it loose and you say let's roll it out there let's go shoot our shot play to the best of our ability with the things that we can control and uh and i think that'll be a really good movie for us and i'm looking forward to seeing you know every single week provides an opportunity for us to do that but what a great opponent what a tremendous amount of respect we have for this team but what a great opportunity. We love to go attack it with uh, with a fearless mindset and mentality. Well, I don't want to bury the lead, and, and that's the last thing is I, I've learned so much from you about just that, taking control what you can control and just focus on the time. You live in a world where 
planning and discipline are all these great things. Yep. At the same time, your wife is eight months pregnant. She could go into labor tomorrow. How about that? <laughs> so, what's the plan? Well, what's, I'm glad what's that we have a three. I'm glad that we have a three game home stretch. So, <laughs> you know, I was a little nervous going away. You know, Cincinnati and Indy, and um, but she's doing great. I mean, I'm, we're so grateful. But it, he should be here in a few weeks, and if he decides to come before then, then we'll be excited as hell about that as well. well so, well, and th- that's my point. Is one of my best friends. Eight months, I said it can come any day. Yeah. If she went into labor at halftime, would yep. they tell you? Would oh, you, yeah, they'd tell me. And would you bolt? Yeah, or? I got to be there for that. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you did. Thank we got, you. We got plenty of guys that can handle the load. They don't need me that much. That, I love to hear that. Love to hear that. Well, I, I hope you guys go want to know. Uh, but more importantly, the fatherhood thing, uh, I'm, I'm getting excited. Yeah, like- no, I'm excited, too. I, it's still... You know, I mean, it's, she's obviously living through it, and it's amazing. You feel the movement and stuff like that. I said, until he comes, it's not going to feel real to me, and that's some scary stuff in a, in a good way. We're so excited. Well, that's awesome. Hey, appreciate your insight and giving us a little bit of uh, your personal life as well. Absolutely. Thanks. Appreciate it. That's uh, Game Time with Coach McVay. We'll see you next week. You can watch Rams head coach Sean McVay describe the plays as they happen on Game Time with Coach McVay when it airs Saturday nights at 11.45 Pacific on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel.